Good morning, everybody. Welcome uh, to Church in the Valley. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the the campus pastor here. And I like that that Roland just showed you. We're starting a brand new series called My Story. And over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about what the tagline is for the series, which is living the story uh, that you want to tell. And uh, I think you would agree with me. We, We all love stories. I like hearing them. Uh, I like to to tell them, and we have stories that we like to share with people about an experience that we've had. Uh, Some experiences we love to tell stories about. One of my favorites is when I was seven years old, uh, I tried to start my parents' car uh, with a toothpick, and I thought I'd seen my parents drive, and you know, they had a key, and they stuck it in the ignition, and this magic thing happened, the the car started, and I thought, as a seven-year-old, if I just stick a toothpick in there and I turn it, it will do the same thing. And it, it doesn't actually work like, like that. And as a youngster, um, I learned really quick, if you put a toothpick in and you turn it, it snaps. And a part of the story was I just thought, since I couldn't see it, maybe it wasn't in the ignition anymore. And so my mom came to start the car. She was inside. All the kids were out in the car uh, waiting for her. And uh, she got the key and stuck it in the ignition, and it didn't fully go in. And a wise seven-year-old would have said something, but at that point, I just kept my mouth shut, just wondering what on earth was wrong. And my mom is British, and she said something like, what on earth? And she just kept shoving the key in, and, and my sisters were just smiling in the back seat, knowing that I was destined for punishment. And... I decided to to finally speak up and say, um, I think I know what's wrong. (laughs) And my mom, you know, is frustrated because now we're kind of running late and she's just shoving that toothpick further and further in the ignition. I said, I think I know know what's wrong. Um, I tried to start the car with a toothpick. (laughs) And you laugh now. But then it sounded like a great idea until I actually said it out loud. And then the part of the story shifted to what I call crime and punishment. Okay. And so I went inside and I, I heard those, those, those faded words, wait till your father gets home. You ever been told that? And it was about 3 PM and we were going to be going Somewhere, I think we were actually on our way to church and, and, and I, I was praying to Jesus at this point and we were going to go to McDonald's and everything changed cause we, we couldn't leave. And it was like, wait till your, your father gets home. And it was like about three. And I just thought, well, it's time for bed. <laughs> I'm just going to go to sleep and everything w- will get better. And so that, that's a story I like to share. That's a little bit about my life. That says a lot. Uh, there's other stories that are connected to other times I've been left alone in a car. Uh, one time we were in a driveway and it was a hill and I just decided like, what happens if you put it in R, you know, I thought maybe that's rev. No, that's reverse. And the car started to go backwards and my sister then intervened to help and they actually put it in park. And I was like, that was awesome. You know, so lots of stories like that. And I I like to share those, but there's also stories that I don't like to share about my life. Do you have those things in your life where there's stories that you want to tell, you want to share with people, but then there's certain parts, there's maybe chapters in your story that you'd rather just forget happened. Maybe it's something that you've done that you regret. Maybe it's something that was done to you that you'd rather just, just kind of tear out like that. That chapter doesn't exist. Uh, fast forward in my own life. I grew up as a Christian. Uh, my parents took me from a young age to church. I became a Christian 
uh, early on in life. But my senior year in high school, I, I really rebelled against God. I decided to do my own thing. I decided to kind of just please myself. And so I played the game of Christianity and the game meant like on the surface and with my words, I seemed like a good Christian, but with my actions, uh, I wasn't, I was a, a hypocrite for all intents and purposes. And so I look back at those parts of my story and, and I actually, those aren't the stories I, I like to tell. Those are the stories that, that I, I regret. And, and all of us have those. We have regrets and we have parts that we just kind of like to cut out. And over the course of this series, we're going to talk about how can you, from this day forward, live the story that you actually want to tell. And the good news is, is you can decide today to start a new story, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you. This is actually uh, why we're here. And so we're going to talk about decisions, because what you find is it's actually in the decisions that we make that make up the story of our life. And here's just a fact about life. The decisions that, that I make today, that you make today, determine the story that you'll tell tomorrow. I'm going to say that again. The decisions that you make today determine the story that, that you're going to tell tomorrow. All my decisions right now, I make in the present. Now, some of you, as, as I brought up regret, I think probably some things came to your mind. Uh, they, they do to me as well. But the thing about decisions are there's no decision that you can make in the past, Right? You can't make a decision in the past. It's done. And then there's certain things about your future, which you're maybe excited about, or maybe you're really anxious and you're worried about Like you don't know how it's going to turn out. Maybe you have kids and you, and you see some things and you're kind of worried about them. Maybe you look at your, your, your finances, and you're worried about that, but you also can't make decisions uh, in the future either, right? You can only make decisions in the present and it's in the present right here and right now where we have the impact. And so over the course of the the next four weeks, we're going to talk about how to make the right decisions so we can tell the story we want to tell tomorrow and our future. And so today we're talking about I Decide to Start, and we are celebrating Easter, which is the greatest opportunity for us to talk about a new story. And that's, in fact, why we are here to celebrate. There's so many different things that gets our attention, especially at Easter time. And all of them are fun and family gatherings and things. But the most important aspect of Easter is the fact that Jesus Christ came to earth. He lived a life worth following. He died for us and he rose again. That, that's what we celebrate. But at the time of the early followers of Jesus... Uh, they, they decided to follow him and, and they didn't know how everything was going to turn out. In fact, when Jesus first came, we celebrate Christmas. That's what we celebrate with his, his birth. And then at Easter, we, we celebrate his, his death and resurrection. But in between there, he, as an adult, lived a, a life of love to people. He talked about the kingdom of God. He was this picture of, of what it meant to follow God with, with everything. And he was the son of God and these followers that he began to have called his disciples and many crowds gathered and they decided that what he was speaking was something worth following. And so many people gave up their own goals and their ambitions and they they decided, I want to follow this Jesus. And he began to heal people of diseases. He began to help people who are stuck in sin. He taught with authority and he taught with this power that compelled people and people said he is the Messiah, he is the one that we've waited for. 
He's the Savior. He has come for us to figure out the way to connect back to God. And there was so much hope in Jesus. And then what happened at Easter time about 2,000 years ago was Jesus was betrayed by one of his followers. He was put on trial. And even though he was innocent, he was convicted of death on a cross. Uh, Here's a picture of what his followers would have seen in this scene. This is from the Passion of the Christ, the movie. And his followers were gathered, as many were gathered, to see these people who were paying the penalty for their sin, except Jesus had never sinned. He was on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. So his followers are seeing this story unfold, this Messiah, this Savior, the Son of God, the powerful is now hung on this cross. And the beatings and the torture and eventually his death. Here's another picture. Now, this is hard to to actually see. This is from the movie. But when you see that, you actually have a little bit, just a little bit of a visual of the penalty that that Jesus paid. Now, you got to imagine at this time all of his followers saw this and all that they had left to follow him was dashed. This Messiah, this Savior, had now died. He had died. But like this postscript, what happened on the Friday, on Sunday, he rose again and he came back to life. And that's what we celebrate. Here's a clip from uh, the Passion, which kind of shows the turning point in this story. Let's watch it together. Again, that, that was from, from the movie The Passion. But in, in that, that moment where, if you're not familiar with the story, uh, he was crucified and he was put in this tomb of this large stone. And his followers, specifically Mary, went to, to kind of put spices and, and take him to the tomb. And when she got there, the stone had been rolled away and, and Jesus was not there. And at that moment, something was happening that they weren't quite sure. It was Jesus who had been crucified and who had died and who had been put in this tomb was no longer there. And then later, as the story unfolds in the New Testament, he appeared, the resurrected Jesus with holes in his hands and holes in his feet, scars of the death that he had died, 
he now was alive to show people. The reason this is so important is, had Jesus not died, and had Jesus not risen again, the opportunity for a new story could not be told. And so that's why we celebrate. And so I want to take some time to walk through how Jesus' resurrection makes a new storyline for you and for me possible. So how does Jesus' resurrection make a new storyline possible? And it begins with the fact of what Jesus claimed was going to happen. And it starts as we decide to put our faith in Jesus Christ. And so I want to kind of kind of paint this this picture of what Jesus did and then at the same time what does that mean uh, for us? Because if Jesus did what he said, and if it's true of all his followers, what they saw, the resurrected Jesus who had died but was now back to life, if that's true, then that really does change history. And Christianity is something that can actually be investigated. And so we have a, a book for you, which John mentioned, called The Case for Easter. And it actually looks at is the resurrection true? And what are the, what's the evidence that points to that? And it was written by an atheist who was trying to debunk Christianity. He began to investigate Christianity. He was a journalist, and he was taking his kind of journalistic approach. And what ended up happening is as he was trying to debunk it, he realized that the evidence demands this belief in this risen Jesus. And so he wrote that book of his journey. It's very helpful. So part of Christianity, it's actually not a blind faith. It can be investigated. I encourage you to do that. But if it's true, it actually changes everything for you and uh, for me. And so the new storyline starts when somebody decides to put their faith uh, in Christ. This is something that, that Jesus said. This is actually before he died. This is before he died on the cross. But check out this claim, looking back, knowing what we know John eleven twenty five through 26 says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And so he's asking this question to the people that were around. Do you, do you believe this? And they're thinking, I have no, I, you're talking about death and life and resurrection. What they had no concept. But he was asking this question, and then history itself would present, he's the evidence of that. He is the resurrection and the life. But you may be wondering, well, what does that exactly mean? And so I want to share with you the good news of Christianity. This is what it means to be a Christian, and what somebody does to actually decide to do that with, with their life. And so you may be here, and, and you've been a Christian a long time, and this will just reaffirm the decision that you made to follow him. You may be investigating Christianity yourself, and hopefully this will kind of fill in more of the story. You may be here and you're completely skeptical, and you just want to be here for the egg toss. That's okay too. This will give you the context of why uh, we we celebrate uh, Easter. And so I want to just kind of share a condensed version of of what it means to be a Christian. Uh, It really starts with love. And the Bible says that God loves you and he loves me and he he wants us to experience what the Bible calls abundant life. You can see it up here here on the screen. He loves us and he wants us to experience this abundant, which is like real. God actually wants us to experience real life. And the reason he can do that is because he's the creator who made us. And so he actually knows what's real. Because he has designed reality. 
The story doesn't end there, though, because everything would be great. But we know that in this world, it's, it's not great. There's a lot of broken things, and that's connected. Uh, rather than turning to God, what the Bible says is each of us, that's every single one of us, have turned to go our own way. That's what sin is. And sin is really this idea of ever missing the mark. You know, when I talk about the story and the things that you regret, I think all of us have regret. Most of the time, regret is tied to something that we've done. And most of the time, that's sin. Sin has ever done anything wrong. It's missing the mark, telling a lie, stealing, hurting somebody. These are all sins. And so because of our sin and and really the desire to do our own thing and be our own boss, we've gone our own way. And so instead of experiencing this life and abundance that, that God describes, uh, we're, we're actually dead uh, spiritually. That's our condition. We are cut off from God. So God loves us. He's made us. He wants a relationship with us. But we, we just we just want to go our own way. We want to do things our own way. And you could see that. To God, we're just, no, not right now. I want to do my own thing, my own way in my own power. And all of us have done that. From a young age, we've learned the word, no. If you have kids, you remember the first time they ever said that? You're like, how? They learn no. And they say it with just that power and they look in your face, no. Uh Uh-oh, they now have a will. You ever thought that? Like, uh uh-oh, what do I do to that? And and the fact is, we, we all do that. We say that to God. No. I'm going to do my, my own thing. And so because of that, we, we are, we're cut off. And so to remedy the situation against because of God's love, God sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty uh, for our sin. If you put the next slide up there. So there's the separation. And because of the separation, uh, we experience death, pain, suffering. Go ahead and throw the next one up there. And bondage. And that's what it means to be cut off. God and his love, he wants us to experience this eternal life and this freedom. But by saying no to God, we we can't experience that. And you can see here in this picture, there's a canyon. The canyon that exists. Our own way, that's the separation. We cannot connect back to God because of our, our rebellion. But, and this is the most important. Because of the love, even though we've said no, God intervened on our behalf to make a way for us to connect back to him across that canyon. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. And so he sent Jesus. Right there you see it. What does the cross do? It bridges the canyon. Our sin, our rebellion, separated us from God. But Jesus, through his death, on the cross has allowed us to connect back to him. He paid the price for our sin because there's judgment for our sin. There's a payment that has to be made for our rebellion. And and Jesus, though he was sinless, took on our sin and he died. And so now we actually have an opportunity to become the children of God. But it happens as we turn around because we're still going our own way. So we have to turn around to bridge back the gap back to God. And that happens through Jesus. And so anytime you hear Christians talk about Jesus, 
And you may ask yourself, what's the big deal about Jesus? What's the big deal about Easter? It's because of this. We can't experience abundant life without Jesus. We can't bridge the canyon without Jesus. We can't have a relationship with God without Jesus. And so Jesus is central to Christianity and his resurrection makes this storyline possible. And so each of us decide whether we're going to turn around and go back towards God. That's what repentance is. It means to change roads. So saying no to God, we've gone on our own path. Repentance is I am going to turn back. I'm going to admit I've been going on my own path, my own way, and I'm actually going to go back. Not because I'm good enough, but because of Jesus. So when he says, I'm the resurrection and the life, what he's saying is, is I died to pay for your sin. But I rose again. So death and sin did not conquer me. I am the resurrection and the life. I conquered it. I conquered death. I conquered sin. I've conquered your rebellion. So because of what Jesus has done, the regret we experience, that doesn't have to be the last chapter of our story. Things we're disappointed in, things we're anxious about, those aren't the the majority of the story. That can change as we decide to start. So to become a Christian means that you no longer want to say no to God and you actually want to give your whole life to him. And he becomes your boss. It means that he will lead you and you want to know what he says about each area of your life. And you want to align your life with him. And it impacts the way that you treat people and impacts the decisions that you make. It impacts every single thing. And the good news is God is gracious. And we grow and we mess up and we grow and we mess up. And we begin to learn what it means to follow Christ. And so this is what we celebrate at Easter. The fact that through the death and the resurrection, our spiritual death, we now can experience eternal life again. So our destiny changes. When you decide to follow Jesus Christ, your destiny changes. You're no longer separated and destined to hell. And hell is a real place of eternal suffering for all who have sinned. That's all of us. But eternal life is found in the person of Jesus Christ who paid for our sin. So each of us can decide to do that. And that's what it means to be a Christian. So if you've ever wondered, what does it mean to be a Christian? It's somebody who has turned away from going their own way and through Jesus Christ, believing he is who he said he was, deciding to follow him. So I hope that makes sense, but that's what we celebrate. And this is what makes the new story possible because we need help outside of ourselves or our story doesn't change. Because if the decisions we make impact the story we tell tomorrow, haven't you noticed that we just tend to make the same decisions over again? Right? I do. But when you decide to follow Jesus, you now have a new resource and you have a new power. So everything you've always done that's made sense to you, you now can change. So the resurrection makes the new story possible as you put your faith in him. The second thing is that Jesus wants to write a new storyline with us. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If you could put that up there. This is one of my favorite verses. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so it's it's saying, therefore, if you decide to follow Jesus, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, uh, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 
To me, nothing says new story like that. Despite what you've done, that can actually be gone. Now, you may remember it, and it may still just bring like, oh, but it doesn't have to be the sum of your story. Because of Christ, you can be new. And I want to kind of show you how that, how that happens. So Jesus wants to write a new storyline. Uh, throughout this series, we're going to come to this verse that I think highlights this in Hebrews 12, uh, 2. And it speaks of fixing our eyes on Jesus. And this is what it says. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author. What, what does that word say? The author. So if you fix your eyes on Jesus, you're actually fixing your eyes on the author and the perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when you decide to follow Jesus, stop going your own way, and you become a Christian, your role now is to keep your eyes on Jesus, to fix them on him. It's this idea of like you don't want to lose sight of the reason you can have a new story. It's because of Jesus. You don't want to lose sight of the, the power that you can have through Jesus. You fix your eyes on him. So our part as a Christ follower, if you become a Christian, is you, you have to fix your eyes on him. And that's what we have to start. Once you decide to become a Christian, you have to start by, I fix my eyes on him. Every day, I'm going to fix my eyes on him. It means he's going to have my attention. That's going to be my, my focus. So that's our part. And then his part is he actually gives us the power to live differently. So really the heavy lifting is from God himself. The power to change is not within us. The power to change is as we fix our eyes on Jesus, we get the help that we need. So that's why we can tell a new story. Because the same God who rose from the dead, is the same God who can help us. And the same power displayed is the same power that we can have to live a different life. For me, this is the best news possible because what it's saying is I now have this author, God himself, through Jesus, who wants to tell a new story. And if you let Jesus write your story, you have a story worth telling. So this, this is compelling to me because it means that I can change. It means that people can change and we don't have to be stuck on the same path, making the same decisions, going to the same destination for the rest of our lives. This is hope to me. People long for this. They long for a destiny that can change. They long for purpose. They long for freedom. They long to grow, to make a difference. Why? Because that's how God made us and that's real life. But outside of fixing our eyes on Jesus, it, we can't experience it. And so it's, it's so crucial. So once we decide to follow him, we put our faith in him, the new storyline is possible. The good news is, is we're not left alone. He's the author. So we fix our eyes on him. The new storyline happens as we walk with him. And then the last is his love motivates us to live for him. So we now not only have a new power, but we have a new fountain of love, a new source of love from Jesus himself. I check out this passage in 2 Corinthians. It says, For Christ's love compels us, 
because we are convinced that once that one died for all and therefore all died. So what it's talking about is one died for all. That's Jesus. He died for all being us. And he died for us and all the sin that's ever been committed and ever will be committed. Okay, so that, that's that's the first part. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Do you notice all these themes through the scripture? You see this like this death and life, this old way and new way. Again, it's all pointing to the cross. The cross represents the death and Jesus resurrected represents the life. And even this, because Christ died and he rose again, we now can live as people that have new life. That's what the new creation does. And the, what motivates us is his love. So there, there's this, this different source. So for me, we talk about change and we talk about a new story and God being the author. But then there's an, the extension of this that he's actually given us the capacity to make a difference in the world. And it's through love. I don't know about you, but there's no shortage of people saying we just need to love each other. The problem is I'm very impatient with people. Right? And so it's easy to say, we just need to love each other. But what do you do when somebody cuts in front of you? Well, that's getting personal. Aren't all of us chapped? How dare you, we say in our mind. And then if you're like a vocal, like, how dare you? Who said that? Who said that? But isn't that when loving is is hard? When somebody does something, you're like, that guy just cut me off. How many times does that happen in L.A.? How many times do you do it? Uh Uh-oh. Just got real, right? Love is a great buzzword. Great idea. We all agree, except we can't agree. Because we all want different things. So somebody says love, and it's like, well, that's not love to me. Jesus actually came, and he is the picture of love. But it's not just this feel-good, ooey-gooey love. It's the love that's sacrificed. For you and sacrifice for me. So love is not acceptance. Love is dying for people who didn't deserve to be rescued. Because we said no. But that's love. So when you become a Christian, you now have a new motivation to love your coworkers. You have a new motivation to love your family. You have a new motivation to love your neighbors. That is the love people long for. And it's not actually rooted in self-interest. It's rooted in the same sacrifice that Jesus himself displayed on the cross for us. So we have a, a new motivation. So all of this leads to this new story that can unfold as we decide to follow Christ. As we decide to fix our eyes on him and let him author our new story. And then as we decide to actually love people the way that he loved. All of this is contingent. Not on you being good enough or me being good enough. It's contingent on is Jesus who he said he was. Because if he did come and he did die and he did rise again, then he has the power to change us. Power that we ourselves do not possess. So this is the greatest news and the greatest turning point in history because the story that was told now shifted. And it can be made new. 
And so I want to just close out the service with some ways that you can decide to start today to tell a new story. And we're all at different places. Some of you would consider yourself a Christian and and you're following him and and your life, you know, it's not perfect, but you're you're just one step at a time. Others of you are here and and you feel pretty desperate and you're you're hopeless. And nobody knows it because you can smile. Humans are really good at faking it. But, you know, you're empty inside. And there's some of you that, you, that you're angry. You're angry at God. And here's the thing. No matter where you are, you can decide today to start. And for some of you, if you've never decided to follow Jesus, I want to encourage you to make that decision. Decide today to start and follow him. So what I want to ask you to do is pull out your connection card. It's inside your program. If you don't have a program, raise your hand and we will make sure we we get one uh, for you. If you don't have a a program, pull out that connection card. And if you could fill fill that out, you probably started filling it out if you were here for John's uh, announcements. But finish filling out the the information. Uh, Just you could share as much you're comfortable with on the the front side. Go ahead and, and fill that out. You should have a pen connected to your program. Oh, I didn't announce this, but look at your pen. If you've been at Church in the Valley before, you've never seen a Church in the Valley pen. If this is your first time at Church in the Valley, we haven't always had those. And so that is another free gift. You can take that with you today. Nothing else, you got a free pen, okay? So with your free pen, uh, finish filling that. But on the back side is, is some next steps that, that you can take uh, today, okay? So the first one is for the first time, I commit my life to Jesus Christ. So that, that may be what you need to start. You need to start by deciding to follow Jesus Christ. If you've never left the no and the rebellion and you're still going your own, you're the only one that knows that. No one else can know that. Not your parents, not your sisters, not your brothers, not your friends. You're the only one. But if you've never not said no, you can actually say yes to Jesus for the first time. And the yes is, I want to follow you. I believe that you sent your son Jesus and that he rose again. And I surrender my life to you. You can decide to do that. Now, you may not exactly know what that means, and so we want to help you with that. And so there's a couple boxes. If, if that's you and you've never said yes to Jesus Christ to follow him, uh, mark that. And then there's a couple other boxes. If you'd like to meet up with someone to clarify, uh, I encourage you to do that. Because if you decide to follow Jesus, you really need help in knowing what that means. And here at Church in the Valley, this is why we exist. We want to help people learn to follow Jesus. And so if you put, you'd like to meet up with somebody, we're going to arrange that so you can talk to somebody about what it means to become a Christian. It doesn't mean that you sign your life away. You may still be skeptical. You may not know what it means. You still may need to investigate. But if you put that, we will coordinate somebody uh, getting together with you. There's another box, which is just send me some information. And this is usually the one where, you know, if there's ever a point in which you're like, if I don't have to talk to anybody, that's the one I want. That's for you. However, this is really important. If this is a decision that you are compelled to make, I encourage you. There's a part of this where you need to kind of have some direction and some conversation. And so we'll send you the information, but you just are left by yourself. And so I encourage you. If you want the information, we still want to follow up with you 
to clarify what it means to be a Christian. And so you can, you can mark that. So that if you've never yet decided to say yes to Jesus Christ, you, you can do that today. And that will be the best decision you ever make. And it will be the start of your new story. And so I, I encourage you uh, to do that. Uh, for others of you, there may be some other things that you need to start. Uh, this may be, um, I'm not yet ready to get any information. I'm not yet ready to talk to anybody. But maybe you are ready to come more regularly to church. Maybe you are ready to investigate more about Jesus. So start that. Make a decision to investigate. And you could start by taking that book, The Case for Easter. If you have questions, you could put that on a connection card. We'd love to get together with you. If you'd like to come more regularly, you can make that decision as well. Uh, for others of you, the decision to start may be that you need to fix your eyes on Jesus. You are a follower of Christ. You decide to follow him. But your eyes are no longer fixed on him. They're fixed on some fears that you have. They're fixed on some worries. They're fixed on maybe other things that vying your attention. Maybe success, work, money, relationships. As you look at what your eyes are fixed on, it's not Jesus. It's these things. So today you might need to start by fixing your eyes on Jesus, by spending some time with him. The way to fix your eyes on Jesus over the course of a life is you actually have to spend time with Jesus. And you do that as a Christian by reading your Bible. You do that by, by praying. And so some of you, you need to decide to fix your eyes on Jesus by reading your Bible. And so I encourage you next week, read your Bible three times and begin to ask, God, I want to fix my eyes on you. I've been distracted. I've been fixing them on other things. If you're not sure where to read, you could read the book of Proverbs. Or you could read the book of John. If you're not even sure, if you have a Bible, talk to us and, and we can get you that as well. Uh, some of you, again, you may just be disconnected and isolated from people. And you're trying to start living your new story and telling your new chapters. And you are just, you're under it. And you're in some things and you're just drowning. And so maybe you need to start by sharing with somebody what's going on in your life. Refuse to be isolated. So that might be yours today. So I encourage you, write in that blank something that you can start. Whether it's a relationship with Jesus by becoming a Christian, whether it's by spending time and fixing your eyes on him, write, write, that, write that in there. And then the last is to come back. This next step, I, I encourage you to come back uh, for the rest of this series. I want to just give you a brief a preview of what we're going to be talking about. So today I decided to start and you each decide what you want to start next week. We're going to talk about, I decided to stop. And sometimes to start telling a new story, you actually need to stop doing some things. Wouldn't you agree with that? I just want to start all of this, but if you keep going the same path, you can't start. So we're going to talk about actually the things to stop so that you can start. Uh, part three, we're going to talk about, I decided to stay. There's often times in your life where it would be easier to go, but you decided to stay because God wants to do something as you stay. When pressure builds and you feel overwhelmed, that pull, I just want to go. What happens if you decide to stay? And then the last week, and this is just to confuse you is I decided to Go, wait, what on earth? Start, stop, stay, go. It is like traffic, right? <laughs> but there are times 
where God wants to do something through your life, but you are so afraid of stepping out in faith to do what he's asked you to do, that your story's not unfolding. So there are times when you actually need to go and you need to do what God has told you to do. And so that's what we're going to be talking about the next few weeks. I encourage you to come and invite a friend. I think it's going to be a great time together talking about our stories and how God can change us. So let's pray together. Again, glad you're here. And I invite you to head up to the plaza uh, for the different activities that we're going to have. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending us Jesus Christ, who is the greatest gift that's ever been given uh, to earth and to us. And we celebrate the life of Jesus and not only that, but the sacrifice he made on our behalf and the fact that he rose again. And because of that, we can live a new story. God, I pray for anyone here who is under just the feeling of being stuck, who's under the weight of the world and the worries and stress and anxiety, who's under regret and disappointment. God, Jesus came to save us from that. And so, God, I pray that you'll soften our hearts to hear from you. And for anyone who's decided to not follow you and to never say yes, that today they'll decide to do that. So, God, we we thank you and we praise your holy name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.